Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 606, being recorded on December 2nd, 2020. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. And you can subscribe to be notified when we go live for events like this. We send it out about an hour beforehand, just so you can prepare yourself. You can get snacks, drinks, and then wait, as we're inevitably late. But hey, you'll find out about recording sessions like this, and that's at pcpro.com slash subscribe. That's the only thing we use that list for. I promise. Uh, you can help support the site and this podcast by becoming a patron of the arts the art of PC perspective uh, podcasting and reviews and things. And did I mention the website? It's uh, patreon.com slash PC per and Brett, please save me. <laughs> hey, no problem. We would like to welcome big hearty. Yay. Hey, thanks for being a patron of whatever this is. It's, it's sort of art. It's kind of art, artish, you performance know, I mean, art. It is performance yes. art, and I feel like I put a, a fair amount of thought into the reviews. So, I mean, that, that counts. That's It's artistry in a way. But, yeah, a couple of new members. Patrick FB. Um, I don't know if that stands for Patrick from Facebook, but Patrick FB is one of them. And uh, I guess an, a, one of my new favorite names from Patreon is a $1 Bob. All, no spaces. I don't know if you could tell when I said it that there wasn't a space in that. But $1 Bob. Thank you, both of you. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for making this possible. And what you've really tuned in for. If you're Mm. podcast listeners, they love the uh, audio descriptions of food. If you're watching Mm -hmm. the video, you get to see. Josh, do you have a burger update for us this week? There's there's no burger. But there were Caprese fries. So uh, they take... uh, some slightly soggy fries that, you know, a little slightly underhooked and then put mozzarella, um, roasted red tomatoes, uh, sizzle up some onions and then put bacon on there. Put a, uh, a balsamic vinegar reduction, uh, throughout the entire mass of, of fries and mozzarella and bacon and tomatoes and onions, and then top it with freshly cut basil. And you get the Caprese fries. And they bake that in an oven, so the fries then crisp up really quite nicely, and everything melts together in the mozzarella. And the balsamic vinegar uh, glaze just kind of reduces further to, to give a stronger flavor. It all comes together with the that is basil, right? Looks it. Yes. It's yeah. vaguely and, greenish. And so yeah. it, it just it brings it all together into this fantastic mass of starches. Wyoming and, Putin? Pff, Italian Wyoming? <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's um, it's good. It's it's worth going out of your way for. And it was, it was a good replacement for a burger. It's a nice change of pace. Hmm. Yeah. Are you hungry yet? Yes. Yeah. Sounded yeah. good. I mean, yeah. it's not a burger, but hey, a day you're vegetarian, right? So you could pick the bacon off. Other than the bacon. No, you, yeah, I could have ordered it without the meat. At this, everybody loves yeah. going into burger places and ordering 
everything but the meat and paying full price for it yeah. anyway. Which I'm Keto sure burger without the burger. Yeah, exactly. It's just all the Pieces carbs. Iceberg lettuce. <laughs> yeah, taking you to a Brazilian steakhouse is... Oh. Hey, it worked, though, because they had fish, and I do eat fish, so I, I think I ate a disgusting amount of salmon and salmon. felt unwell Pineapple. afterwards. Bread. Oh, All right. well. Let's get this back on track. Lettuce. Yeah, let's talk about that giant flex behind you on the shelf. Actually, not even there. Like, I'm currently behind me on the shelf is about 40% of the global inventory Oh. The latest in graphics cards that you can't buy. <laughs> and I get to feel like a heel having this stuff on hand because I review products. And then, you know, God help anybody who tweets out about one of their new graphics cards or a new model from an add-in board partner because the comments are just, uh, you know, as expected, people are not happy with the availability problem. And that's been the story of every launch this year. So... Unfortunately, I think the advice that you gave somebody on Discord was on point, though, when you said, if you want the latest hardware, become a hardware reviewer. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I implore this is everybody how the world is there. working now. Yeah. Go mm -hmm. start your own review YouTube channel. Oh, look at Josh. Oh, my gosh. See, I can even that. pick that up. He's a product that reviewer. Three graphics It's a military press. <laughs> <laughs> what is that what is that card josh it's the uh, xfx uh speedster 6800 xt merc 319 so they're almost yeah. they're almost a gigabyte uh naming schemes now so merc 319 stands for mercury three fans 100 millimeter and a 90 millimeter Except there's two 100 millimeters. Anyway, we're going to be recording that review, and I'm halfway through the actual written part. So hopefully I'm taking off to Texas tomorrow, and we'll be back early next week, and uh, we'll get those done so we can close the case on this monstrous card. I but know it's tempting, to you. but don't benchmark and drive. Mm-hmm. Mm I mean, it depends I, on the power draw. Is there an inverter in your possession that would power a full gaming PC while you drive? I think he's going to need, like, a gas-powered generator in the trunk, probably. You know, um, just as a sneak peek, the, um, what, the 460-watt draw of the 3080, 462, I think, was the max. When I uh, did the overclocking... BIOS and Rage mode in uh, the Adrenaline, uh, it was pulling 520 watts at max. That's total system? Total system. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. 520 watts for one GPU would be impressive. Yeah, no. It's, like, it's exceeding the spec a bit, yeah. Yeah, no, Let's it's uh, the total system power is, is you got to have a pretty hefty inverter or a gas generator in your yeah. car. And, of course, that leads to other issues with driving and benchmarking with a mm -hmm. Honda generator in the back of your SUV. Just open a window. Oh, you carbon monoxide's yeah, fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, open mm -hmm. the window. It's going to be fine. Which will aid with uh, cooling anyway. So Yeah. It looks like it's about the size of a Porsche Speedster, actually, an original. <laughs> is it just the camera playing tricks on us, or is that really, like, 3090-sized? Hmm. It's... it's 
probably bigger than a 3090. Can you hold it up again? Yeah, not by much, but it's it's going to be some. Um, it's a strain. He needs some rest, it's for a- God's sakes. You're going to ask him to pick it up again? <laughs> um, I wish I had a different video card with me, but uh, we can do head uh, size. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that works. That's the, that's the thumbnail. It's like 13.39 <laughs> uh, inches. It's 2.9 slots wide. It's not three slots. 2.9. Okay. 2. Yeah. 2.9. So you can, you can sandwich it up seriously. against another card, and there's still that 0. 0.1 airflow. <laughs> yes. A little bit. That's a really and, weird uh, number. 2.9 yeah, it's it's yeah. It's got to be five pounds at least <clears throat> because the shipping package was six and a half, and, and the, that was not a, a pound and a half of packing. So, yeah, it's big. Do you want to see it against a, a Voodoo 2? I've oh, got one of, of those handy. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> of course back, we do. Go back Absolutely. to the two shot here. Okay. So two Voodoo 2s, which are two slots wide. <clears throat> hmm. I can sort of see the difference. Yeah. It looks a little... Ridiculous. It looks, it looks a little wider to yep. me. Just a tad, even at that camera angle. Kind of looks like it's four it. slots wide. Really. <laughs> Three point nine. I wish you had a two point nine. Two point nine. Do you have a Voodoo five on hand, Josh? Because that would be closer <laughs> to the link. I do, but that's far, far okay. away. But I, okay. I do have a the last one of the the second to last generation of XFX products, and this is the eight eight hundred GTX. It's in the same family anyway. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's there, ridiculous. <laughs> and we thought those GPUs were big. Yeah. Yeah, and the, shortly after this, XFX went to uh, ATI slash AMD because I think that was when NVIDIA cleaned house and they got rid of uh, a couple of the smaller groups like BFG. They went down the tube. Because NVIDIA took the uh, rug out from under them, and the same with XFX. So AMD got a couple of, well, at least one partner out of that. And then Scott Erkelman went to AMD. Exactly. Hey, uh, yes. is was Vision Tech NVIDIA before? I know they're exclusively AMD now. Yeah. Originally, they were oh, yeah. uh, their main U.S. partner, and then... Uh, they got the name got sold out after they were kind of sued into oblivion. Um, like the group that had bought up Diamond Multimedia, I think, did Vision Tech, and then they 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 kept a couple of cards rolling, and they're growing back again. Uh, they're just not a very big manufacturer. They have a bunch of other stuff like uh, uh, a bunch of USB dock and uh, you know um, what do you call those port extenders and those things that they have as well as the, uh, you know, 5,000 series of cards is I think their top stuff. I don't think they have a 6,800 yet, but they're kind of lower down there on, on the tier of, uh, AMD partners. All right. What were we going to talk about? Well, yeah. we were going to launch into this, this smaller you can't buy show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could, I was, for some reason I was going to show the 3060 TI press release. Like, it, the thirty sixty Ti actually came out today officially, but the review embargo was up yesterday. So if you look at how they're 
messaging this, it's the 2080 super level performance graphics card at the price of the 2060 super from last year. Actually, that's accurate. So we could just stop the discussion right there. It's as fast as a 2080 super in in theory it's 399 that becomes a contentious point when you can't buy it anywhere and you have to go for like the add and board partners premium 489 dollar card that was the only one that was in stock this morning at new egg when i looked and i'm sure it's gone by now that was hours ago you are correct sir okay so it's just completely sold out now everywhere but hey, we got a Founders Edition card in. It looks exactly the same as a 3070 Founders Edition card. It's the same size. It is the same cooler design. It doesn't have a lighted logo, though, which I didn't realize until after the fact. Mm. There's a cost-saving measure there. It is $100 less. But, but this is the first of the cut-down GPUs. This is still GA-104. 104, yep. And just... A, a little bit, a few of SMs have been disabled, so lower CUDA core count, slightly lower clocks. This is how they segment the products. But you'd think availability will eventually be better because they can die harvest GA-104s that would have gone to a 3070 and put them into a 3060 Ti. But let's see. Yeah, I mean, usually these launches, I think I mentioned on Twitter, uh, uh, they're a little bit more optimal for... You know, a, a bigger chip that is detuned, poor yields, and have uh, uh, parts that are not working, uh, that they fuse off. And so you would expect there to be a little bit more um, availability just because as any process and product goes into production like this, there is a yield curve. And uh, they're going to, you know, try to grab as many dies as possible that that don't hit, you know, the the full 3070 or the you know 3080, 3090 parts. And so, uh, yeah, lots of lots of chop down stuff. There should be available, but nothing's available. But I saw somewhere else that 3060 Ti numbers were essentially 3070 plus 3080 plus 3090 amounts on on the launch day so there were more oh, okay that, out which, there. hey and judging by let's see what if if we go by seconds minutes and hours the fact that this was technically available for hours are we doing star trek 3 references i'm I not sure so. but it if like, hours were days captain days yeah uh let's look at some specs uh we mentioned that it's a cut down GA-104, 38 SMs versus 46. So they've cut out eight of them. They've disabled eight, which lowers the CUDA core count from 5888 down to 4864. And the clocks are lower. The boost clock is 60 megahertz lower. Fewer ROPs too, 80 versus 96. Same exact memory though. Eight gigabytes of GDDR6 at 14 gigabit per second. Exactly the same bandwidth. We're talking 448 gigabytes per second. And the TDP is uh, 200 watts lower, or 200 watts lower, 20 watts lower, 200 versus 220. And the cost is, in theory, $100 less. So when you think about 
and here they are the, together. The two reference cards look identical other than the color. See, the, Brett will appreciate this. I consider this uh, silver versus space gray. You know, I, I read that and I'm like, I can't believe he did that with a straight face. And I'm like, I approve. There's a lot of stuff that I do now that's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but you have to read the reviews to find all of the snarkiness. Yes, yes. Uh, let's just look at uh, performance. I didn't do a ton of benchmarks because it's... This is kind of a... I don't know. Kind of a self-explanatory launch. Like, their performance claim this time was right on the money. And I, like a genius, did not retest the 2080 Super on this platform because I didn't read the reviewer's guide before I got started. So I didn't see NVIDIA's claim that it was going to be 2080 super level. And I was thinking, oh, it'll probably be close to a 2080. And of course, it exceeds a 2080 by a few percentage points in almost every test, which is exactly what a 2080 super does. It's like 5% faster than a 2080. So there you go. It's faster than a 2080, roughly the same as a 2080 super. Here we are in the Division 2 at 1440 high, DirectX 12. We're getting about 120 frames per second versus 108 frames per second from the 2080. And if you look at it compared to the old 2060 Super at 82 frames per second, it's a huge jump. So it'll be interesting to see where AMD's next GPU is, like a 6700 series, because they need something now down at that mm -hmm. uh, 5700 XT, 5700 price point, because the performance, if you look at a 57. 100 XT. Let's look at the most AMD friendly chart here. Dirt 5, 1440. The 5700 XT is about 65 frames per second at 1440 Ultra. And uh, 3060 Ti is a little bit above that, but not much. They're very close. And they're at the same price point. And you can actually buy a 5700 XT. So if all you're playing is Dirt 5, save your money and buy a 5700 XT secondhand somewhere. But that's that's a fringe case. Dirt 5 is extremely optimized for AMD. But hey, I mean, it's... Looking at the performance relative to, say, a 3070... I mean, let's look, look at Far Cry. Look, I'll just show one more chart. Far Cry at 4K Ultra with HD textures enabled. We're talking 64 frames per second with the 3060 Ti and 68.8 seconds with the 3070. There's not a whole lot of difference there. The performance of the 3060 Ti is a little closer to the 3070 than it probably should be for a card that's $100 cheaper. Does that make any sense? It does. So it's a good buy for a change. It's, yeah. It, you'd think this would be like a $429, $449 card, but it's not. It's $399. Do, don't say that too loud, okay? I know, I know. Hey, I read a rumor that there was a uh, price dump or a drop at, just before it launched, and that they almost launched it at a hundred dollars more, especially AIBs. Ooh, that would make zero would sense if right. the thirty seventy yeah. was still sitting there at four ninety nine. But hey, maybe yeah. this would be four seventy nine. Yeah, something like that. It's like it's the thirty seventy you can buy. But hey, that would work. I hate to say it. Yeah, the 3070 Availability Edition. Interesting connotation to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, AE. I'm, I'm so one. glad you're not in marketing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I just ruin the industry. Well, yeah, there'd be a lot of more truth in marketing. That would be yeah. refreshing. Yeah, uh, for maybe a year. 
Speaking of refreshing, <laughs> let's just briefly, because I had it up on the screen a second ago. Let's look at power consumption. This is total draw. And look at that. It's uh, about the same as a 5700 XT. We're talking total draw 326 versus 329 watts. Between those two cards, uh, consumes about... It's, it was 17 watts fewer than the 3070 in my testing, but it's you know it's roughly 20 watts lower, and that is you know second on this chart only to the 2060 Super. So we're we're up to 2080 2080 Super levels of performance for about 20 watts less power consumption. So there's some efficiencies gained there, I guess. But hey, I mean the story of this is just going to be. What can you buy? Like if I were at Newegg right now and both this and a 3070 were in stock and there was a 3070 that was 499 and a 3060 Ti, some aftermarket card that was like 449 I if I had the $50, I would absolutely buy the 3070. But the performance gap is not very big. So if you get the 3060 Ti and just overclock it a little bit, you're probably really, really close. I love to reference it. This reminds me of the... 560 Ti 448, where it was really close to a 570, but not quite all the way to a 570. But if you overclock the snot out of it, you were at 570 levels. That's what this feels like. So the non-Ti 3060, we would I would guess that's going to be like 349 if they follow last year's pricing conventions. Maybe it'll be 329. Mm. And that'll be interesting, but hey. Any other thoughts about yeah, this card? Yeah, there's no such thing as a mid-range card anymore. Apparently not. No. Not $400. Well, except the RX That's... 580. RX 580 is the last mid-range card. It's That's $200. True. That's why they gigs. keep it around. Yeah, it just plays kind of everything. Maybe not well, but... I need to retest it. It needs to be on these charts. Once we get into the non-TI through 3060 and then whatever else AMD comes out with, We've got to bring back the older $200 cards because it's going to be time What's, to... Is there 7 nanometer 590 going for? They don't have a 7 nanometer 590. I thought it was a... It was a die a shrink, but it's not 7 nanometers. What was it? Was no, there wasn't... Uh, it, it was, was a die it shrink. It was an optimized 14 nanometer. It was like a was 12... It optimized? Was, oh, it's okay. Yeah. I, it, yeah, was it was definitely never, a die shrink. It was I, wasn't a seven, I guess. Do we have, but to, it do was we have somewhere. to stop to Google this? <laughs> Somebody, I'm going to Google it right no, now. No, they didn't do it. The first one was Vega that they did seven nanometer, and they, yeah, no. Okay, hold on. No, I, I think together. it was, it was just the 12 the nanometer kind of optimized 14 nanometer. Let's see. That 590. RX 590 process node. Uh, 12 nanometer FinFET. This is what video so, yeah, that's, the, that's the same. That's the same stinking thing as what happened with the 1000 series N to 2000. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the previous one was 14, 14, 14 or 22? 14. 14. 14. Yeah, and I it know, wasn't I really 12, a die shrink. 12, yeah, it's optimized. <laughs> yeah. But hey, they got higher clocks out of it within roughly the same power envelope. They sure did. Yeah. So the 590 we have a 590 we have the 590 fat boy from xfx also from xfx extremely you know tastefully named products do you know no, do you know how much this thing costs just no 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 799 <laughs> yeah <laughs> they marked that one up 
seriously. But it's overclocked. You know, it's I got thought, lots of fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a hundred dollars more, or is it? Uh, no, it's one one fifty. Yeah, yeah, one fifty. I thought yeah, it was originally most of them were about a hundred more. more. And uh, yeah, but no, this one is you pay for it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a sneak peek. Performance overall is faster than a seven hundred fifty dollar thirty eighty. And you have an overclock thirty eighty, right? Like a slightly. Uh, no, no, no. The uh, XC three is is. Remember, it's the backplate that's fifty dollars. Oh, right. It's a stock card with a fifty dollars backplate. Got it. Yes. So it's not they've overclocked. Got, they've got heat pads on them, though, right? They're they're sinking some heat into it. Or they're by trying. the way, here is uh, here's not the card really. that Josh has in his possession right now. It's the Merc no. three nineteen. Yeah. Merc. Merc. Speedster. Speed. The tech specs. What's that? Uh, Fast. Game clock up to 2090. Boost mm-hmm. clock up to 2340. I was seeing boost clocks here, but they don't, you know, they're not really sustained. I would love to see how my this thing it sustains with them. It all kind of tweaked out uh, without overclocking. It was hitting 2490, 2475. So almost 2.5 gigahertz without any touching of the dials other than just kind of getting that that power limit up. Anyway, sorry, yeah, we, we interrupt this program again with the Merc 319. We are not sponsored by XFX, by the way. No, uh, no, no. But we are sponsored by Remote HQ this evening. Thanks for that beautiful segue. In this time of so many people finding themselves having to work from home or remotely, there's a better way to collaborate and still work together effectively. It's called Remote HQ, as in headquarters. It's more than simply a call conference, screen sharing, file sharing, or video calling software though, although it is all that too. Remote HQ is a no software download environment, as it's entirely browser based. You can name and create custom meeting rooms that can be locked and only usable by authenticated users. You can build up different workspaces within your customized meeting rooms where you can allow only invited members to interact and make changes on screen. There's website co-browsing and co-control. I've used it. It's impressively seamless, actually. Remote HQ has an app importer, which is tuned for other collaboration sites like Google Docs, Dropbox, Microsoft Office, YouTube, and Trello. It essentially turns any website into an instant collaboration session where multiple people can click, scroll, and type away. You can mix and match apps in your screen and automatically form visual layouts. It's really flexible for every meeting's unique needs. It can also be rearranged on the fly and pushed to all participants so everyone's on the same view. Remote HQ can record entire meeting sessions and even transcribe voices into a text transcript in almost real time. It's kind of fun to watch. After setting up a meeting space, it can be carried over from session to session, like a shared workspace can be persisted. That way you can be prepared for the next meeting where you and your team can pick up right where you left off. In my daily career as a software developer, I had need for a browser-based system like this while developing a remote learning management environment with another client and Remote HQ looks like it's going to fit quite nicely. They even have an API for integrations. So go over and check out remotehq.co slash pcper, that's .co, not com, for a free trial, a three-month free trial. That's remotehq.co slash pcper for three free months. That was a that was a tasteful segue. You know, it was. I appreciate that soft serve. Thank you. And uh, thank you for that uh, impeccable reading, Brett, for that ad that I'm sure you will provide me. I definitely will. Uh, let's move on to our first news story of the day that is not related to a graphics card you cannot buy. But it's still a cool bit of uh, bit of news that uh, Jeremy. Well, Arter... it's storage you can't buy. 
Okay, there's that. I, 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 you have to read Jeremy's titles carefully sometimes. I read this as coaxing better speed from QLC with little TLC. He didn't write well, it yeah. that way, but that's how you're supposed to read it, I think. <laughs> it's the world's read it only correctly. <laughs> it's it's the words only world's only QLC that's actually really QLC or something. It's Jeremy, close. please, please. Well, it's it's craziness, uh, and to be honest, I don't think I fully understand what IBM pulled off with this. But what they've done is added a new controller onto the QLC Flash that they they sell in their Flash System ninety two hundred uh, flash arrays. Huge amounts of storage for you know enterprise that you know cost a hell of a lot, but they keep the prices down with by using QLC. You've got a little bit of a problem with the lifespan, but you just pop one out and pop a new one in and you're laughing. So what they did is figured out this new controller, which they added to the Flash Core module, and it determines the health of the actual Flash cells in real time. So the drive sort of starts out as being SLC. And then as the, the health of the drive, or as the health of that cell gets bad, it gets put back to QLC as it would be. And so in order to make sure that you're, you'd have one quarter of the storage, so they introduce uh, some significant uh, compression in there, of about 60% or so, so that you end up still having the same amount throughout the lifespan of the drive. But when you first get a fresh QLC drive, it's going to do almost the same speed as you'd expect from TLC. Not quite the same, but, you know, significantly close. And it's not going to suffer from, you know, the, the buffer overflow that we see in a lot of the QLC drives that we're playing with. And the other thing that it does is because it can monitor the health of the flash, it picks on the healthiest stuff. And as something's being written, and if something's not active very often, it gets pushed back into the unhealthier. So they're saying 16,000 write array cycles, as opposed to the two or 3,000 you should be expecting. Like, lifetime is almost the same as TLC. So you're losing the expense that you would if you were doing an SLC or TLC, but you're almost not giving up anything in the way of speed or in lifetime which is just absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm sure they're going to charge you a little bit extra for it, but if you're, if you're curious, uh, Andy Wall sat down at a more insights, uh, fireside chat and the, the register linked to the actual conversation where he covers, you know, rough overview of how they've managed to pull this off as well as a couple other interesting things that I am, I am, ABM is doing, but I was reading this and I'm like, I have to be misunderstanding something because this is just too neat. You're literally watching a QLC drive perform like a TLC one, just a little bit slower. Jeremy, two things come to mind here. One is that this appears to me like a, a smart software person finally got involved and fixed the deficiencies in mm -hmm. the hardware, which is typical. I mean, I'm, I really have to add that. And, and secondly, just like in racing, that eventually the stuff in the enterprise will filter down to the regular dude, the regular man in the street. And hopefully we can see this technique applied to make less expensive QLC storage 
media material chips perform as well as, you know, SLC or, you know, different standard of chips. And uh, that'll filter down to the to the common man enterprise for now, obviously, where they're test flighting it. And eventually they'll make it cheap and everybody will be able to take advantage of it. So, yay. Yes, because IBM and cheap go hand in hand. No, no, they don't. No. <laughs> but eventually it should hopefully spread down. But yeah, definitely worth but, checking out. It's pretty neat. But my but my software dude fixing the uh, the deficiencies in the hardware still stands. <laughs> I'll take arrows for that. You know, when you mentioned uh, enterprise and the common man, I was thinking this would be a great segue to our next story. Because there was once there was once a common man who went to work for a big enterprise. And oh, now he does performance strategy stuff. And and performance art. He does a different kind of performance art. Yeah, yes. exactly. This is artistic. <laughs> this uh, this graphic, everything about it, this is an Ars Technica story. Blue shots fired across the red bar. <laughs> Sorry. AMD laptops have a hidden 10-second performance delay. Here's why. And they go on to say that they... The Zen 2 laptop CPUs, they save power by delaying their full performance. <gasps> when they're running on battery. When they're running on battery. Now, because uh, they get better battery life that way. It's interesting because Intel, Weird. if you know a mobile device or any kind of OEM box that can't run without power limits enforced, uh, they have a certain duration. And for desktops, it's like 56 seconds. And then I think on smaller applications, it's 28. It halves it. could be wrong about this. High-performance machines still only top out at 56 seconds of boost, and then they start to throttle down to whatever the all-core frequency actually is of the CPU. And apparently with Zen 2 on laptops, on battery, they try to hold off as long as they can boosting until a job is still going after like 10 or 11 seconds, which is kind of the opposite. You'd think you'd want to boost fast to give people like a snappy experience and then downclock if it's a sustained load. Oh, they want to make sure you mean it. Are you going to stay right. with this? Are you really rendering oh. video? Are you still rendering <laughs> video? Not. Okay, I will give you okay. 3.6 gigahertz. We'll, we'll cut it in. Some people don't like to launch Chrome and have their notebook sound like it's an F-16 launching off of an aircraft carrier. That's actually a good point. The rapid fan you know, oscillating up and mm. down is actually annoying. It is. A it is. slow yes. build or a, a build that never gets there. I would prefer to starting out screaming and then slowly losing performance even before the thermals kick in, which is now, the way Intel's doing it. The, the other thing that you need to point out here is this is an implementer's decision. This is yes. an AMD option given to the implementer, and that being the laptop builder or the board builder or whoever's going to do it. They can optionally take advantage of this feature, but it is not in, inherent in the AMD design. Okay. It's not necessary. Yeah, and I'm sure there were probably specific laptops that were recommended for this study. They did a lot of testing of with course. PC Mark 10. Let's see here. So plugged in versus unplugged, yeah. of course. They're going to show that. Where is actual frequencies here? Because they're going to show Cinebench, they, of course. Let's see. Okay, yeah. so here's the, the delay. Micro benchmark. wonder if this was like an AMD or AMD, Intel provided thing, or what they're doing here, but uh, 
So we see a Ryzen 7 4700U that has a delay of 7 to 10 seconds before it clocks up. So where's the... Uh, I'm seeing power and voltage. I'm not seeing frequency. So obviously they're, they're more concerned about power and voltage here. Here's the 4900HS. Obfuscation. Um, independent... Conf okay, so that was their claim, I guess. So here's independent yeah. confirmation. Uh, Core i7 1185G7 versus a Ryzen 7 4700U and time elapsed I mean you're waiting obviously I can barely see their numbers down here but it is about the 10 or 11 second mark when the Ryzen catches up when it clocks back up and if it runs long enough it gets ahead because yes. essentially like what they're sort of doing when ours look, measured it that Intel is starting out with a PL2 power limit of 51 watts on a 35 watt chip. Right. Like it starts out huge and it hits, uh, they, they were measuring up to 98 degrees Celsius in that first 10 seconds where Intel is bursting and then sort of sl slows down. And then it, it immediately does after about 10 seconds or so drop to about 34, 35 watts and a, a more comfortable temperature range. Whereas the Ryzen, you know, is quite happily chewing around at uh, 25 to 30 watts. Yeah, I mean, the, the PL2 thing is common to all Intel CPUs. You have the PL2, yeah. which is the high limit, then you drop down to PL1, and then eventually, once a certain amount of time has elapsed, you have to drop down to base clock. So, depending on how you have your system configured. And... Yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm thinking in terms of, this is a portable device we're talking about here, and it's it's behavior on battery. I personally would like it to be more like a smartphone, where the second you have any kind of touch input, the CPU, at least single single core frequencies are spiking, so you have a more responsive touch experience. And then for a sustained workload, it has to thermally manage itself and clock down based on, you know, tables that... But like you want it to... to primarily manage the user which is is reasonable because it that makes like the device it does <laughs> yeah it does it, it does and and yeah i mean that's why one of the reasons you must admit why people sort of like it is because it's it's responsive even when it's busy and it, it tells them they, it tells you what to do with your life go you, here no sorry <laughs> go there do this, buy that. Yeah. Hold on. You do know, more of well, this. Maybe do less of if that. You just, maybe if you just closed your rings. All right, no one knows what that means. Never mind. I do because I have an it's Apple Watch. watch but, yeah. It's a watch, man. I don't see an Apple Watch on your wrist, Brett. Sorry. You're, you just took a huge hit to your fanboy status, I have to say. Don't, don't you know, like, get, get the points for taking it off. <clears throat> Let's don't, not talk about that. You don't get any points if you're not wearing it. It's, That's it true. Doesn't, it doesn't help you. I've, can I say it's on my Christmas list? Okay, sure. Sure. Yep. Hey, that's it's, actually, you know, it's funny you should say that because one of the reasons why, and this is this will be bad, and this is just to let you know that uh, I'm not such a fanboy, both in either direction. Hold on. One of the reasons why. Camera two. Camera two. No, don't. Here we go. Oh, for God's sakes. Here we go. One of the reasons why everybody's having so much trouble getting equipment is actually because of Apple. It really is. And it's not due to the difficulty of having to pr produce certain things from China and Taiwan and things like that. It's because Apple has 
an ungodly amount of money to throw out around. And whenever they need to secure transport for anything, they just buy it up. So they have option on buying uh, the, the, the planes and the cargo that a lot of other companies can't do. I mean, they'll, they'll outbuy, you know, just about anybody if they need to get, uh, you know, MacBook pros and, and Mac minis from China to here to, to sell because they want to release their M one, they'll buy up all the capacity. They've got the money to do it. And the, the poor, the little guys, I mean, you know, gigabyte may sound big in our world. They're not, they're not big in comparison to, to Apple. They, they, they can't buy enough capacity to, to ship boards or NVIDIA even. I mean, NVIDIA is big, but, you know, bird Apple culture, can, can outbuild them. considered outbuild a dick them. move. Yeah. Brett, I hope you know that you're getting a lower third uh, for your close-up there. Oh, for God's sake. It'll say something like, gonna... Brett still thinks everything's always about Apple. You know, because you know, it all boils down to Apple here. These supply chain <laughs> Let me explain why. It's I'm all not, the MacBook Pro and I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. This charges. is actually true. You know, if you look okay. at the... If Are you, you saying that what's Apple is on, Walmart? Is that what you're saying? No, well, I guess in a, in a way, sort of. I mean, they, they have enough money to throw around that they can, they can eat up the... There's not a lot of capacity, you know, in some of these places. And normally this doesn't... It doesn't become acute. And there's enough slack in the system for shipping stuff. But when you're shipping stuff cheaply, you got to throw it on a boat, right? So you get, you had to start that months ago. It takes like six weeks, eight weeks. I don't know. Something like that. Ship it over by boat. Otherwise it costs too much. I tuned out a while ago. Um, moving right. on to our next topic. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, well, we were talking about Intel and Intel, as you know, is on 14 nanometer for almost everything. Unlike, I guess, the, those 10 nanometer parts in the, the laptops we were just talking about. But let's Don't worry, they're going to go big again. Yeah, you got to go big or go home, and they, they, they play that game. But let's talk, let's talk about actual ultra, what is this? What kind of photography is this? Is this like it's just off of an electron, electron microscope? Okay. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Oh, no, it's extreme electron. He went with the scanning tunneling. Oh, I'm just yeah. This is where you actually have to coat whatever you're doing in in just very fine amounts of of what platinum. Platinum, yeah. You use a platinum so, gas and an ion beam to solidify it. Yeah, so I mean, like the insects that they do these things on, where you get extreme close-ups. I mean, they're obviously all dead because they're coated in this metal. But this is even smaller micro stuff than close-ups on insect antennas but go ahead jeremy i didn't read the entire thing and i didn't watch the the film i haven't watched the film yet (laughs) and i really want to because the bauer is just amazing so he wanted to physically see what is the difference between intel's 14 plus 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 fin fats and amd's seven nanometer and well i mean the only way to do that is to well i mean two chips died in the making of this as josh mentioned but uh, essentially took them, carved them up uh, into a layer about uh, 100 micrometers thick after, as you mentioned, you, like, you literally put it in a platinum gas and then solidify that to wrap it around it so that it'll survive the cutting process and you're actually able to see what he did. And so he focused in with a scanning transmission electron microscope, say that five times fast, and realized, well, <laughs> crap, I cut it too big. So he trimmed it down. So finally, uh, the lamella, the, the sli- thin little tiny slice, was somewhere between 200 to 300 nanometers 
for him to actually be able to get a proper look at these things. And so he, he put a video up showing you, you know, a bit of the process and a lot of why I'm looking at it. What, what does this actually going to tell me as well as taking a look at it and showing that, you know, the difference between 14 manometer and seven manometer is talking about features, not talking about the entire thing altogether. Skip to so about it, 11 a, minutes in that video, by the way. If you want to show it. Come on. Yeah, show us the hardware porn. There you go. There's He's starting to measure the gate width size in that. Yeah. And it turns out to be 20 plus nanometers. And he draws parallels between the Intel 14 plus, 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 and 7. 7 is smaller. The, in, uh, the Intel one is a little bit further apart. Um, no. But the 7 nanometer and 14 nanometer labels... You know, he mentions might as well be strawberry and grape. <laughs> they bear no relation to what's going on inside yeah. the uh, inside the space. Josh, you probably know a lot about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, once uh, it's it, yeah, the they they kind of measure what the smallest feature is, and that's what they kind of come out. But anymore, uh, their their actual naming is is more marketing rather than any kind of physical limitation. But when you're dealing with billions and billions of transistors, um, you, some of those features become really important. And if you can shrink those down a bit, you still can cram a bunch more transistors. And plus, you've got better materials and, and uh, possibly better you know, electrical properties with the 7 nanometers compared to the 14 stuff that it does make a difference when you're looking at one entire chip because you've suddenly got all this extra room for a couple billion more transistors that don't take up a whole lot more power uh, as compared to the older generation, which has fewer and consumes more power. It's, it's just the little things make a big difference in these designs just because they're so compact and there's, so many parts to a CPU or a GPU or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, I know transistors are not exactly a good way to count. And people talk about, you know, gate numbers and whatnot as compared, but yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit goes a long ways when you're, when you're talking about something that has like 12 billion transistors in it. And, and those are three dimensional, three dimensional structures, Josh. I think it's, Mm -hmm. It's like this number yeah, that mean, we throw you, around. How high can you stack a pile of shit? Well, <laughs> if it's small enough pieces. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's where I think they they tend to gain a lot more and they don't talk about it. So it used to be like eight layers, eight metal layers was a lot way back in the day. And now we're like at 20, 22 layers uh, that they just, you know, they, they, they stack it all higher to, to get. Because, I mean, you... I mean, if you, if you think about it, like you get a transistor that's that wide and that tall and it can do a tremendous amount of current. Well, now you're 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 shrinking down. Uh, you know, I, I'm not using it right. But anyway, it's it's a, something to like that. Well, it's harder to push that current. You have other issues. And so you raise it up higher. So it's it's a, you, you're talking about area. Um for the current to go through rather than, you know, you've got to, but that's the kind of one of the other reasons for, for planers that yep. you can't, well, I mean, you could stack it up if you wanted to, but you're causing other issues without 
fin fed or, or gate all around. And anyway, we're going down rabbit. I mean, holes. remember when we were young and talking about this original switch from planer to fin fat and how insane this was? You mean back in 2014? Yeah, it wasn't really that long ago. <laughs> yeah. We were young. Yeah. Just feels young. like it. <laughs> I'm going to pause here. So, yeah, it turns out that you can't make, you know, right angles in, in the silicon and all this stuff is curved, you know, they, at the bottoms of the wells and all the the transistors and all that. How that's You all find a file that small, damn it. <laughs> well, that's why this measurement that they talk about <clears throat> is sort of like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the structures are three-dimensional. Things are curved. Where do you measure it from? You know, so we we've, we're putting a lot of of stock into these numbers that really don't correlate to much meaning and what the what's actually going on from the silicon, and and that's it's what he exact, was really trying to get at. It's the opposite of our normal one where you're measuring it, but in this case, it's like, but on this angle, it's even smaller. <laughs> Go that one, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, because it's on a curve. You know, these pieces are. You know, if you measure here, it's it's this distance. But if you measure it up here, it's they're further apart. So you know, you're at 22 nanometers. <laughs> anyway, it's an interesting video, and you'd think it'd be like dry and then like you'd fall asleep, but it's actually not. You should go watch it. It's educational, especially if you've never watched a Debauer video before in the original German. Well, well I mean, yeah, well, he, if he you... does English videos too. He does. Uh, um, what is next here? A very it's a it's a cheap. X570 board, man. Yeah, Can't very believe it. Inexpensive. Yeah. How how cheap is it? It's cheap. About how 140? Cheap? How cheap is cheap? Is it 140, really? How bad yeah, are the VRMs see? on this thing if it's 140? Well, funny and bring that up. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. Oh, no. They sacrificed everything. It's freaking bizarre. Like, the, the way that. FPS review is trying to describe it is that it's really a six phase design, except they've got phase doublers on there with an extra phase configured into it. So it's technically a four plus four plus two. Okay. So it's four except, doubled and then like one more but, doubled. Yes. So like just very, very strangely set up. Mm. However, and I mean, and then when they were measuring uh, temperatures, it hit, over 115 Celsius. Whoa. That seems That's toasty. Warm. It's toasty. <laughs> That's toasty. And there's no active cooling or anything on it, which is part of the reason they're glowing so bright. Wait, wait, wait. Pictures scroll, that you're looking at. Scroll back up. I thought I saw a fan on that uh, chipset. On the south? Or, I mean, not the south. Well, there is. Yes, but that's not, not at the VRM. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yep. So, on the flip side... Through all of the testing that they did, they never once ran into thermal throttling or any sort of instability when running normally. So, well, well, they're good for now. I don't know how long they're going to last you because I'm thinking that uh, the longevity on those, if they're doing that, is actually going to be not great. But at 140, well, I mean, buy two of them because you're still paying less than you would be for an average X570 if you really wanted to. They even toyed around, and as long as you're playing with an R5 or an R7, overclocking will work. Don't put an R9 in. That, that, that's <laughs> but you know not what? a good idea. It'll sense. work. It, but the 5950 weird, is going to be... But it's 140 bucks. Are you paying for a 5950? Couldn't they have made a $150 version of this? 
it's, well, I think it's probably have. a little bit more complicated than that, but like, okay. I don't know. Gigabyte does a pretty good job of getting to about 179 with uh, you know some yeah. real good phases. Yeah. Do you ever get yours replaced, Jeremy? It's still on the way back to Newegg. Oh, okay. Which yeah, one was that? Was horrible. You had a failure to perform, didn't you? Some, somebody uh, recommended me a motherboard. Yeah. <laughs> Last time he does no. that. Yeah, really. No, I, I didn't even ask for the refund. I just asked for a replacement because I'm pretty sure it was just something screwed with the board. Because who, from the who very even first gave time I fired it up, uh, the, the little <laughs> RGBs at the side would flicker for a quarter of a second and the fans would spin. And that was it. You know, I know that's your favorite. No, nothing else whether, lit up. Whether the RGBs well, I liked that they immediately there. turned off again. So I thought maybe it knew me already. But unfortunately, it was indicating that. Yeah, you know, apart from I got enough power delivery to get the chipset fan going to sort of all it did. And oh. it's just frustrating. I probably blew 12 hours on that. Oh, well. Just going through every single permit. Well, I don't want to give up because, I, first off, I don't want to be told by someone at Newegg that, well, you're an idiot. You did this wrong. So I made sure I did everything. <laughs> and the second was that, I mean, with the way that these ship, I. Even if you don't have any memory or a CPU in the damn thing, it should be able to go up enough to be able to flash the BIOS with the, the Q flash. Couldn't even get that little LED to pop to, to indicate that it was even attempting to do a flash. So yeah, definitely something a little unhappy with that one. The best the best advice Sorry, I got when I was you. searching online, just in case, you know, there was a trick I was missing, was well, just let it run for half an hour. Just plug it warm in. up. Yeah, it, it has a dual BIOS. Electro migration will fix everything. Yes. Well, that that was suggested too, but no, it was. This is a dual BIOS, so it's flipping back and forth between the BIOSes to decide which one it likes. Like one, it ain't, and two, no. <laughs> it's it's dual BIOS. That way, you have a separate discrete BIOS for the left and right channel for better. Mm. BIOS separation. <clears throat> oh, you yes. too can cure bit rot at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to take a short break here to think podcast sponsor number two this week, which today is Text Expander. So thank you guys. Take back your time with the power of Text Expander. Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers, they're all taking precious time away from you and your team. With Text Expander, you can take it back. The latest version of Text Expander has new and improved statistics reporting for organizations, including the ability to build reports with customizable date ranges for enterprise and individual users, so you can track how much time your team is saving. With Text Expander, you can keep your team consistent, accurate, and current. Everyone will share the same message and give the same answers to all customer inquiries. Share your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. Work faster and smarter, such as being able to more quickly onboard new employees. Use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. Create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. 
keep your whole team communicating efficiently and with consistent language. This can be a concern with more well-developed sales staff where they have been working with the same people, customers, and products for a long period of time. Share your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit TextExpander.com podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Let's move on to yep. the last the last story Moving. of the day. If I can bring it the, up on the, the screen. The brightest, brightest cooler ever. It's very bright. It is the Corsair IQ H115i Elite Capellex Liquid CPU Cooler. It's a 280 millimeter liquid cooler. And it uses those shiny, intense Capellex LEDs that we've been seeing introduced across Corsair's product lines over the last couple of years. But you know what? I, As I pointed out in the review, technically, this is a cooler and not just an ARGB lighting accessory. It's true. Interest, interesting observation. Interesting. Yep. And as you can see here, some tasteful plant life link, lurks in the background of this photo. Are you teasing me? That's what no. you're doing. No, I just okay. we talked about plants. All right. That there's a plant here. And there's a huge list of features and a, a video to enjoy. And other things. Here's the cooler. I mean, this it doesn't look a lot different than many other coolers. It's really just that top. I called it a cap. I don't really know what to call the top of the pump, which is just. It's a, a diffusion plate. plate. Oh, it's a plate. I just, okay. I just made that up. They have these nice. How about a frustrum? Uh, Let's call them frustrums. Yep. That's <laughs> yes, a frustrum. Sure. But look at this. Here's where the, what the is that? departure. What, this what is, is this? A, it's one of those IQ smart uh fan control module things. It's a so it bus, has a fan, fan hub bus. with six what? total channels and six RGB channels and it all plugs into an available USB header on your board and a SATA port for power and it controls all the fans. And what is that this side up sticker on there? What is It tells you about? which way to put the cable hmm. coming off of the pump. As if it wasn't keyed already. It is keyed. Yes. I'm not sure why. But you don't want your... You don't want it to go from suck to blow. That would be ah. Bad. Don't sure. In other words, don't don't force it. Yeah, but I mean, here you here yeah. you go. And the photos don't really do it justice. But I, I, I this is akin to neon lighting. If you're looking at it in a dim room, you have this intense but controlled lighting, kind of like a neon light. But that is just with the default. You know, if you put yeah. the comma different place with intense but controlled mm. lighting, mm. it. Especially in a dark room where... You know, Josh, I got to applaud you for noticing that immediately. That's some smart, (laughs) fast thinking. Yeah, there's a certain thrust to Josh's style. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, uh, gut gut reaction, though, is it attractive? Is it? Look at it. You have your choice. It comes with two caps in the box, two plates. It comes with a black one with these little cutouts. What are those again? I don't know. And then you have this sort of opaque one. That looks great in, you know, light colored builds, or if you just can't get enough ARGB in your life, let's just have a whole bunch of diffused ARGB lighting. And of course you can make it any color you want. This is all software controlled. I just used the rainbow, I think it was called Rainbow Wave or something. So you pick the cooler, and you go to the next screen, and you have lighting set up as one of your options. Click on that. And you can choose anything you want. And the fans, they have eight. LEDs per fan, 
Plus, look at all these LEDs in the pump. You can control individually if you want to. You can create your own lighting effect. You can choose one of the lighting effects from the library. And then, of course, with IQ, you also control the performance. And I tested balanced and extreme. And look at the look at the RPMs here with balance. This is the story of balanced. Very it's low. It's really low. Really under, low. Under 400 RPM at idle. It didn't ramp up very much at all. I think it was like seven or 800. Uh, well, these fans run at like four volts or something or three volts. It, they run really, <laughs> really, really quiet at balance. But under extreme, they're much they're more reasonable. And here is the proof. Under the extreme setting, it was the most effective cooler I've tested so far. This is with a Quora 9 10900K with the power limits disabled. So it runs at 200 watts all the time. And above ambient, we're at just about 54 degrees versus 55 from the Deepcool GamerStorm Castle 280EX. And 55.6 from that Pure Loop 280 from Be Quiet. And what's really interesting about this, look at the bottom of the chart. It has the worst performance, 62.3 degrees above ambient, in its balance mode. The great performance is at extreme, so you're thinking, oh, man, this is going to be really loud under extreme, but it's not. It's just they the way the fan profile is tuned at balance, which this could be changed with a software update, it doesn't really spin up the fans. It never ramps them up. So the balanced is just under 32 decibels in my room with my meter, and under 33 at load so like 31.6 versus 32.8 at load is it's negligible basically a decibel it because they weren't really the fans weren't spinning up and then if you go up to extreme where they actually did more aggressively spin up it still topped out at 41.3 decibels with my meter and this is from a distance of only 12 inches on an open test bed so inside of a case this is really quiet overall it's the quietest liquid cooler i've ever tested I don't usually see numbers like this other than like really slow spinning fans on a big air cooler. So you somewhere in between balance and extreme, and you can create your own custom profiles, you would get uh, a better experience. But th this looks really good, and under extreme, it was still controlled noise levels. And then the pricing is actually really good. If if you look, the list price is one sixty nine, but they have it listed for one forty nine on Corsair.com. It's the same one forty nine at Amazon right now. So, it, oh look, they raised price. the price to one sixty nine. I'm kidding. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Josh. You're welcome, uh, yeah, Josh. So yeah. If you move the comma in that sentence. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the 280s that I've looked at recently are somewhere between 149 and 169. So this lives right in that average price range, but the performance is very good. It just needs a little bit of help. If you have it in either quiet or balanced mode, you're going to want to tweak the fan profile a little bit. Or just run it in extreme. But it sounds like you've got a strong like for this thing. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, and I risk shill status. By giving it the uh, the old editor's choice, because that is not a popular move these days. It but is I mean, not. As I said, it's, it's your choice. Given the price, I can't really find any fault with it. It's it's it, great performance. It looks nice. It is quiet. It's really quiet. Even under extreme mode, it was like five decibels quieter than most other liquid coolers under load. So, what do you want? I I've, I'll, I'll take it and I want it. Sure. Okay. It looks good. I've got one of those 240 uh, 
Cooler Master $79 ones. And the thing just constantly kind of spins up and down with the Ryzen. Because, you know, the Ryzen has that weird... I mean, if it, you, you've noticed this with the Wraith and the, yes. you know, the, the, the other coolers, that it's constantly spinning up, spinning down, spinning up, spinning down. It's, it's, it's annoying in a quiet room. And this does the same thing. Even after tweaking the fan profiles, it just... You, his face Tiring. says it all. <laughs> yeah, I I solved that problem, Josh. I told you, just set it to max. I have mine going on 100% all the time. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's yes. like 50 decibels, but you never hear that. Because really, it's the noises that are inconsistent that drive you nuts. It yeah. does. The change in sound really does it. Yeah. Here's what you do. You just set it to 100% and then put on noise-canceling headphones, mm. and the sound is gone. It's like being on a a speaker oh, family uh, I, I did notice that uh, that Citizen Kent was the first one to call you a Corsair shill. Okay, thank and you. that's Kent on the podcast next week. Kent. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yep. Yep. That's the problem. Is anytime you review a product from a company that does display ads on your website, <sighs> it starts to look questionable. You have to just trust the person. Are they? I noticed. Are they honest? We have a full disclosure. Like, hey, they've bought advertising within the last twelve months, but it is what it is. Hey, speaking of things that need coolers, let's let's stop. Let's mm. stop. I need a better segue than this. Rewind. Rewind. Piece of rewind. We have uh, actually a bumper for that I can use someday. It's that time. Time to smack the table, which probably makes an annoying sound. It's it's that time again. It's uh, where we look at products that you can actually buy, usually. It's Picks of the Week. And Josh is going to start us off with an ultra-affordable... AMD CPU option, isn't that right, Josh? It's ultra affordable. It's a Ryzen 5 3600 XT for the low, low price of $599. Wait, is this US or Canadian? Josh, oh, I, I'm not sure. This, this doesn't seem serious. Uh, wait, what's this bundle deal here? I can get it with... <laughs> Did you just uh, sort this cooler? by most expensive? I'm not sure this is legit. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, there, there is a uh, there is an extreme lack of AMD processors in the U.S. right now, and it may be other places as well. But Newegg, all the prices are way jacked high. On the, I mean, you can get a 3600 at Newegg for 350 dollars. I mean, you can get a 3700X for cheaper. Then we can get a 3600. And uh, yeah, uh, all of their low end stuff under 300 bucks, you can't get really anymore except at these extremely large prices. So this is a obviously a, a joke. Don't buy this at $600 because it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> Just wait a couple of weeks and get a 5950 for a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Pre-order and wait. Yeah, so when is that going to... Oh, wait. What do you have there, Jeremy? What is this? Oh, wait. Show us the label. Okay, there we go. Oh, it's a 5800X. Oh, a 5800X? Wow. You was know what? You got the what one. Hey, but before anybody yeah, gets mad at Jeremy... What, what percentage a- of, the, of the total is that? Uh... I think Two, if you 3%. transferred that to Canadian, it would be the same bloody price that I paid for that thing. <laughs> oh, really? So you, you had to that pay was seven fifteen all told. Okay. 
But hey, if before anybody gets jealous, he doesn't have a working motherboard for it. So, you know. No. No, Carmen. that's why I still... No, I got a 5800 and my board was DOA. Please and insert Simpsons. I'm going to have to <laughs> clean it up and redo the bloody thermal paste on it. Because, well, I'm like... Oh. How much you want to bet Terrible. that that board of yours would have worked with like a 3600? That it was just a... Needed a flash. It's needed a different. Supposed to be flash. able to flash. Oh, with no, no, you're supposed CPU to. Memory. See, I had a. Did you have God a USB light. stick with the with the flash on it and in there? Yeah, Fat Thirty Two. Okay, yeah, Fat Thirty Two yeah. renamed to uh, whatever the hell the look. The sometimes special, the boards the are just named. dead. Okay, because I had a, I had that Godlike, the first Godlike the AMD uh, set. Oh, with that's right, you did. Yeah. yeah, the one you and dropped it would not work. <laughs> I didn't drop oh, it. That was the case. Wait, I didn't drop there was one. a convenient <laughs> problem that was left out of the problem scenario, wasn't there? No, like it ended up being. I worked with an MSI's tech uh, guy, and uh, we ended up discovering that it was a, a resistor problem. It was actually a design huh. flaw, and it would not boot with a 3000 series CPU in it. So, yeah. No matter what I did, I flashed it and flashed it and did all sorts of stuff. And it had one of those little interactive screens on it, so you could actually see what you were doing. And I could go through oh, really? the flash process, still would not boot. And it was a technical issue. I ended up getting another one later when they had some available. Well, I mean, I could have tested that, but the only older AMD processor that I have is a Threadripper, and it just didn't look like it was going to fit in the socket. <laughs> no. Yeah, probably not. You could have just put in as many pins as would fit. <laughs> yeah, I was I thinking mean, about it. You could have got a C clamp. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just sent you like a Ryzen 3, you know, just like, hey, here's just a Ryzen 3, what is this, the 1200 is a... Well, no, apparently they cost a lot of money, so they don't want to ship them out. Uh, did, yeah, did you ever get a 3400G or anything like that? Did you ever get one of those? Who are we talking to? You, Sebastian. Yeah, I have, I think oh, it's my microphone stand right now. Yeah. <laughs> my microphone okay. is on a 3400G. It's... Those used to be hard to get. <laughs> Now it's the way to go. They're still not now easy, easy, like easy to get. a shield to prop stuff up. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Just it's all window dressing and smoking mirrors. Yeah, all the all the prices are crazy, except for some of the older ones. Uh, where? Let's see, thirty nine hundred X for five hundred. That's still decent. Twenty seven hundred X is still kicking at two eighty nine. Jeez. Thirty six hundred for three nineteen. Oh, here here's the thirty four hundred G for two fifteen. I mean, if you're okay with Zen that's way, that's not that's way too much. Cores, but too much, too much, Zen much Plus. too much. Are there even yeah. any, no bundles in stock? Even like this is it. Yeah, yeah they're, it's I crazy. I don't, I don't know what yeah, the deal is. It's, awesome. it's pretty sad. So, so before everybody shrieks about yet another launch and like paper launch and angry at Nvidia and AMD, <laughs> the AMD three thousand series. Yeah, there's just nothing launch. available anywhere. It's this. There's you know some <laughs> events going on globally and uh. there's a lack of fab space because you know TSMC makes everything in the world now. Pretty much. And soon Intel. <laughs> Unless Samsung well. makes it. <laughs> well, that's true. Samsung as well. <sighs> and Apple buys up all the logistics. It's true. Yep. They own all yep. the planes. You thought FedEx... We're buying this planes. line. No, we're not going to use just buy it. Them we all. just want to make sure no one else can. Like, we want to make sure that there's a lot of space around every Mac Mini. So we're going to buy all the capacity. Yes. Well, uh, Amazon needs them now. Hmm. Jeremy, do I have the right link for you? <laughs> <laughs> right. What did he pick? I don't know. I what was did he pick? to this explain? on Twitter today. There's no, two. That's what? the backup. 
That's that, the there's two links. Pairing. There's the two links, links that you really links? want. What am I There's doing? two links. Okay. The, the perfect gift does exist. And I didn't even click on it. I, was I thought tempted. it was one line. I saw the perfect link doesn't exist or something. No. Okay. You see, I put more spaces between mine, Jeremy. That's All right, hold on. Do. Hold on. Take it wasn't two. a period. It doesn't need two spaces. Jeremy, what am I looking at here? It's just... You are looking results. at the latest in Faraday cages for your wireless router to protect you from the harmful effects of 5G, <laughs> which might be unwillingly installed upon your router. Then how I, is the router supposed, supposed to work? The router? I have and a question. Well, you got a radio I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> the reviews are just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which one? Any of I them? used to be able to get Wi-Fi across no the house. No decrease in Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> I, but distance. I have to have the laptop right beside it now. What? Oh, no. But I'm protected. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Did oh, that, you went for one gear? of the cheap ones. Can I get this fitted Some for my go, head? That was, the first, that was the second link. <laughs> oh, what was oh, the thousand square yeah. foot. Okay. Of, all right, uh, all right. uh, that makes more sense uh, now. Some of these are going that. for like 250 bucks. Yes, this is what oh, you, you should get. Put, you know, yeah, you I can mean, make your own. 51 Canadian. I get a thousand, hey, a thousand square, square feet of this foot. stuff. Yeah. You, I, do you it, it's, the uh, it does a pretty good or? job. In my experience, it does a pretty good job of blocking all the harmful uh, RFs yes. around my home. So do yourself a favor and look through it because the, the reviews are to die for. Uh, especially the ones who actually bought it honestly and are very impressed with the uh, performance and how much better the lives are now that they have a Faraday cage for their wireless router. And if you have one in the family, it makes a great stocking stuffer. I, I love the product name. Like, this is called the Signal Tamer. It's usually oh, the opposite yeah. of what anybody has ever complained about with regard to Wi-Fi. Like, you know, I was, need the less Wi-Fi signal. signal was a little too strong in the bedroom, so I got the Signal Tamer. <laughs> Now I have to literally. Is that three and a half stars? So it's, it's essentially, it turns it. It Hold turns on. it into artisanal Wi-Fi. <laughs> there you go. This product is enough to smooth out less value than a dead rotten experience. deer on the side of the road. They spelled mm -hmm. deer wrong. Okay, come on. I was unsure how these would work at first. I was betting credulous that these would work. But after I received it and then immediately got a gift card for the full purchase price plus ten dollars mm -hmm. from the manufacturer, I couldn't see any mm -hmm. copper or silver in the mesh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's got to be sure all the five star reviews are fake. amazing. Cut my Wi-Fi signal in half. Yeah. Okay. Enough. Enough of this. That's for real. It's only sixty bucks. Plus <laughs> yeah. <shipping. laughs> only. Uh, Brett. Okay, I was actually thinking about gifting, uh -huh. and what do you get? You know, your your tech friend or. You know, what do they get somebody get for you? So I actually came up with something that I thought was reasonable and sort of interesting. I've ordered from these guys before. It's a company called Inked Gaming, and you can build custom mats, mouse mats, play mats, card playing mats, upload images, and they will print them out desk size or standard mouse mouse pad size. But recently, because of the, you know, domestic and worldwide issues we're having regarding shipping things and getting materials from overseas or wherever they're having a 20 to 40 percent off which is the second link on there 20 to 40 percent off custom mouse pads due to demand so because they sold out of some of the larger mouse pads um, and that the, the mouse pads might not be in until january after christmas 
they're throwing a 20% off sale on the really big ones. But for the ones they can get, the 18 by 16s and a 13 by 11s, which is the ones just down below that, also in bold, they're having a 40% off sale, which is like 10 bucks for like 13 by 11 custom mouse pad. Those are links, so you can click on them. Let's see. Look, nine Only bucks. Eight ninety nine. Yeah, nine bucks. Upload an image, get it mm. printed, throw are it down. Me, are you telling me I can have my own Josh Tech? Absolutely. Like, I can have Josh with the XFX graphics card above his head from this show. I'm, you mm-hmm. should have. For their mouse should have been a blur. You clicking upload image. Man. <laughs> from the Soren Discord, which is where he's holding the graphics card over his head. Excellent. So. Uh, yeah, that should be your mouse pad gift for everybody, and it's a pretty darn good deal. Go jump on that. Christmas I to, gifties. I need to uh, find the Soren image that you referenced. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to scroll back a ways. It's oh, there okay. are it's Soren throwing up a there are four lights with Josh holding the card above his head with three <laughs> lights on it. It's freaking fantastic. It's freaking awesome. Oh, Go find it. All right, I'm finding it. I'm in the public Discord channel. Um, scrolling, scrolling. It was the it was the exact convolution of the, our Star Trek crossover and Josh XFX over his head. You you just can't recapture that moment. We were talking about Enterprise products as well. Uh, it was so Enterprise it was, it was QLC. It was Josh <laughs> over his freaking head. This is great. All right, here we go. And it was this is yeah that. <laughs> Freaking solid. This is not only the thumbnail. I mean, this is. I don't know. This is going to be like. This has to be your review, Josh. Your review thumbnail. You know what? You need to combine that with an actual custom mouse pad that we actually give away. Oh. Hey, but you we know, should giveaways do that. are tricky. Uh, we've, uh, I hey, think that, that it's, Paramount would and CBS would, would be mad. It's just a phrase. Hey, it's we can just throw it up. Uh, briefly in the uh, yeah. video. Anyway, yeah, we could. Yeah. I'd hey, I think that, that's but... it. I think because I don't have any pick. Uh, well, how come you don't get to have any picks? Why is that? Because I'm so get... busy getting ready and actually physically doing the show that I have no. It's not even. I. I, right. I don't want to force it. I want it to be an organic process where I'm like, hey, I think okay. somebody should consider buying this. Did you get that pipe fitters kit that? Um... I wanted to get for you. No, but hey, Christmas is coming. That, okay, so, mm. that's like a copper. Address, it's like a copper uh, cutting, you know, mm-hmm. pipe welding mm-hmm. kit sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was a few podcasts ago that I recommended that for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now. Christmas is coming. Christmas. Well, uh, yeah, it's true. And I'm sure we'll probably have another one of those holiday weeks coming up. Christmas week, we probably, probably won't do a show. Just like probably. we didn't do a show last week because it was Thanksgiving week. But hey. Indeed. Uh, uh, next you. week, we will return and we will have more. We will probably have a Josh review to talk about. We'll have that review yeah. from Kent to talk about. Full Metal Kent. And I hope and pray no new graphics launches between now and then. Although, wait, when does 6900 XT come out? Isn't that next like, week? Yeah, next week. Yeah. Perfect timing. I've got a case uh, review launching tomorrow morning, so that'll be something to talk about as well. Hey, look, just keep just keep refreshing PCPer.com over and over all day and all night. 
check our uh, Twitter account because we we post things when when the review goes up. What is that you have there? Mini it's PC? a kind of router. It's not a router, believe it or not. It's actually a it's unbagged, mini, you madman. It's a mini PC. It's an huh. Azul Byte Four. Azul. Hey, does it have two? Oh. It does have two. You could use that as a like a PF Sense box. Yeah, this is the funny something. bit. Let me see, let me see if I can point it out right here. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is going to be able to be red. Going to camera two. Over here. I see. Right above my finger. No, right here. Power over Ethernet. Yeah. Nice. That is really cool. And for those Why do you do thin clients that aren't POE anymore? Like, yeah, exactly. And here's the other side. client that isn't POE. Ooh, look at all those. Oh, nice. I know. And card reader. I'm doing this backwards. So you got to kind of excuse me. Is that a 10 gigabit USB C? It looks, looks like, like five. Yep, it's it's probably a, it's a five, I believe. Okay. This actually ran Cinebench. This ran Cinebench. Can you charge it through USB C? Can you charge a non-battery powered device at all? <laughs> here, I don't know if you can read this, but here's this is the brick. Okay, well, let's see. That goes, it's that it's goes in focus. It Switching is two amps. Between one hundred and nine to four volts. 2 amps. 2 amps. That just sips. 24 watts. Okay. 2 amps, 24 watts. Impressive as hell for an actual full Windows 10 enabled portable mountable PC. I actually said it ran ran Cinebench R23, and I'm going to leave it at that. It is. Okay. It it did not die. Well, Cinebench R23 is the new one that was, you know, I'm gonna, tweaked to I'm gonna allow play, it to run on the Apple M1. So that's not a I'm real... I'm going to play, benchmark. like, Minesweeper on it and kind of and see and take some temps after that. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Minesweeper. Now, you Make and I, sure we're going to hop on... The first 10 seconds and then yeah. the latter time. It, well, it's Intel. Okay, so it's 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 not going to falter at all. I mean, come on. There's no 10-second <laughs> downtime on this baby. No, it's just always it's just, slow. It's just... I didn't say that. <laughs> you know, I have I have a Leva ECS Leva yeah, exactly. Q We're going to hop on a one, uh, I think Q1B. Yeah. Those things are ridiculously small. It looks like a toy. It's probably half the size of this. It's, it's probably like half they, the size. No, it's less than half. It's like a quarter of the size yeah. of that. All right, it's it's, it's this like big. in it's this like, this corner. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger than the sticker on that. Yeah. <laughs> It's and it has a fan. It's it's an actively cool machine that's three inches. This has by got three nothing in one it. Inch, one and a half inch. This has got nothing in it. In fact, I mean, I cycled R23 on this like 10 times, and I'm like, I can still put my hand on this? Is this no is fan? This thing? Is it fanless? No. It's fanless, man. Fanless. You said no, and then you said no. it was fanless. I don't know where you're coming no. from. This is the kind of quality I, there's content no fan. you can expect. There's Brett no and I reviewing things together. Josh is like, please, God, let me go to bed. Oh, please turn it off. Please turn it off. Make it stop. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we probably won't keep that in the finished product, but no, uh, enjoy it's live show only. Enjoy this after show while you can. Uh, I didn't think we said goodbye. We can say that. No, we didn't. Kent, it's like Kent uh, says, "I got to wrap this in tin foil." It's got too many antennas. What does he mean by this? And don't answer that. Uh, okay. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Hey, bye. See you guys later. Good show. Stop recording, Good show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>